When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Derek here for episode number four of the Gamer Heroes podcast. I am here with my two regular video gamer hosts, David. Yo! And John. Hey, everybody. So, guys, how does it feel to already be four episodes into this thing? It's feeling good, man. It's good to be here. (laughs) I was waiting for David to just override, but... uh... It's good. Good. I'm happy you to be I here. You say I talk a lot? Huh? You say you say I talk a lot? I think that's me. I think I'm Maybe. Gonna... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Boom. See, that's what we need. We just need David to do all the uh, impressions. The sound effects, too. Just that's need it. him to just make noises the whole time. That's it. Just the bleeps, be the, the and the creeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, speech. I want you to be that guy from Police Academy. That's what I want you to be. That's what yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I got bleeped out last night when I was on Screen Heroes because I said the word shit, and apparently that was just not not permissible, even though I apologize for saying the word shit. So really what that has to do with, that's iTunes stuff. So we have this show flagged as explicit uh, for iTunes and Google Play, and you can't say shit on iTunes. That's if, just some bullshit. I know, right? Um, so, you know, it, it, different audiences. We've always, uh, Screen Heroes, our sister show, has always been uh, as family-friendly as we could make it, given the topics. So, you know, this one's a little different. It's all good. What are we doing today, man? Um, you know, I, uh, what are we doing today? So, last week, we talked about retro gaming. So, go check out episode three if you want to hear about that. But this week, we're going to be talking about two different topics. We've got Resident Evil 7. And mobile gaming, and we'll talk about um, you know what that means as well. But before we kick off our two big topics, was there anything uh, in the news that you guys wanted to cover over the last week? I just need to invest in a lot more alcohol, um, but I don't think we're talking about gaming news. <laughs> gaming in that news. regard, yeah, gaming um, news. So we had, uh, well, uh, there's that Scorpio thing that's talking about your shit on PlayStation. You know, that's always fun. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft, uh, one of their dev guys just called out Sony, saying that they half-assed the PS4 Pro. What do you guys think about that? Uh, personally, as a as a Sony fan and a PS4 fl- fan, I always felt PS4 has always been kind of a little bit a step ahead of Xbox as far as hardware goes, and... Um, how they handle most of the applications and interfaces. But I will say the Pro, in my opinion, wasn't intended to be this ultimate machine. They never said it that way. They never pitched it that way. They just said, oh, we just want to make a system that's now 4K and can handle this. And that's essentially what X- Xbox S did, um, 1S, that is. And I think that's kind of a 
it's a it to me it's a little um, childish to sit there and call them out when you know you guys have been developing this on the side and you're making this a big project because you really at at this point you have a lot to lose. So I, I feel like they're losing in sales. PS4 has been ahead of sales since it's come out. Um, there was one couple months there where they dropped down really low. Um, Xbox One's price went really low, and that helped generate sales. But overall, PS4 has been dominating, so I just thought that was kind of a low blow. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, it feels to me like unnecessary drama, like when you see rappers that are like, hey, let's have a beef because it generates right. drama and static. Like, okay, first off, I, I have a PlayStation 4. I've had an Xbox. I can admit Sony is usually ahead of the game. Um, but at the same point in time, like, what? so they're complaining about the, the PlayStation Pro or PlayStation 4 Pro, whatever you want to call it, um, being half-assed. They, I mean, their idea of updating their console is making it skinnier and then dropping the price a little bit on, on their fucking uh, higher hard drive stuff, like, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Xbox doesn't really have anything to stand on. They're shit-talking right. out of turn because they don't really have any alternatives. They're going, well, you guys uh, half-assed it, but this is what we did that's so much better and why. Well, you, don't, you don't have that. So just, just talking shit out of turn. There's a time and place. Yeah, I mean, we don't even have Project Scorpio. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist yet. We have no release date. We have no pictures. There's We have no idea what it is. So I think it's too easy for them to claim that their their new console is going to be some you know hot piece of machinery when the PS4 Pro is sitting at Best Buy right now, so right you know well and beyond that uh, beyond that let's um let's kind of realize here that if you're going to name anything after uh, you know a um uh, horoscope I'm not going to take you very seriously anyway so <laughs> I mean. Yeah, if you're if your fucking lead in the market is as fake as the horoscope, then you know who gives a shit. <laughs> I can't no, imagine that's going to be the real the real title of the console. I mean the the GameCube was originally titled the Dolphin, and I think we're all yes. glad that oh, didn't wow. happen. Yeah, but the problem is, is gaming companies take themselves too seriously, and so they they try and name it like it's some sort of black ops mission. Scorpio, <laughs> hey Scorpio, shut up! Just call it X or call it. You know, the next platform we're doing, or our next cash grab, whatever you want to call it, just call it that, you know? It's the Xbox 2, right? Right, it's the Xbox, was it the Xbox 780, or 180, because you see it and you turn right around. <laughs> well, no, had, no, we, I, I just, yeah. No, so well, we, had, we had the Xbox, we had the 360, now we've got the Xbox One, so is this the Xbox 2 or the Xbox 4 that comes out next? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it needs to stop, and you guys are going to sit there. I'm talking about Microsoft in general. It's just going to sit there and develop this little side project when you should have just made a good machine to begin with. So. <coughs> right. No, yeah, I, I'm, I had I'm not sure it's fair to say there. that it's a side project. I think this is they're they're working on their next generation of console already. It's not a side project, but it's not the current gen, and the PS4 Pro is a current gen console. Um, just like the Switch is a current-gen console. Nintendo's not walking around saying they've got some next-gen piece of equipment out. It's, it's a current-gen console. The Scorpio, I mean, we don't know, right? But maybe that's next-gen. They're claiming that. But again, it's not, it's not a fair comparison. It's like saying that, you know, the 360 was able to outdo the PS2. They're not the same generation of console. Absolutely. 
That's a really Can good point. you have something to really bring to show to compare, just just shut the hell up. That's, right. That's what I'm with it. Okay. Well, so, oh, go ahead, man. I was going to say uh, we could swap it over to a new subject here. So a whole bunch of news. Take right, it, well, Derek. Do you, want, do you want to talk Tekken? Because you're, you're the big I, fighting game guy. I do want to talk Tekken. That's exactly where I was going. Uh, Tekken, I've, it's been on my radar. Um, there hasn't really been much released, so until recently, of course. Really excited. Uh, Hihachi is old as shit. He's looking really... I mean, he's always looking really old, but he's looking even older. He's got to be <laughs> the swollest, oldest man I've ever met or <laughs> seen in my life. Man. Nice. <laughs> All right, all right. But the the mechanics look look cool. Uh, I I am curious to see. Tekken's always kind of been out there, you know, with transformations into like demon creatures and all these crazy moves and mechanics. Um, I wonder what what their engine and what their their plans are for this from from what we've seen. Yeah, you know, Tekken's never really done a lot for me. Like at the point in time that it came out, it was super blocky. And I thought super ugly, and the rules were super basic, like the mechanics were super basic. So, now granted, that was a long time ago, but I, I never really got into it, so... Um, if you had played that. Tekken 7, you would have not felt that way about it. It was totally different. <clears throat> I mean, it was no Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur, I think, is the right. most cutting edge. But, yeah. Especially because <laughs> they got Yoda! Right, <laughs> I forgot about that. Well... So let me ask you this. Do you think that this is a good time for Tekken when 2017 is going to see a new Injustice, a new Street Fighter, a new Capcom? Uh, was it Capcom versus Marvel? Marvel or, Alliance, yeah. Um, you know, Ultimate Street Fighter. Like no, there's, a, there's a, a, new, a new fighting game. It's like... Uh, yeah. It's yeah, like Mar Marvel versus Capcom, but it's like right. Marvel yeah. Alliance. So yeah, it's Marvel versus Capcom. We're still butthurt about the X Men, so we didn't throw any mutants into it. We're not <laughs> going to get any of David's money. That's right. what it's called. Exactly. That's the working title, anyway. Uh, it's, a little, <laughs> it's a little wordy, but you know they'll they'll probably narrow it down. Um, but no, seriously. So we have a lot of fighting games that are slated to come out here in 2017. Do you think that because it's been a while since we've had a Tekken? Do you think it's going to just going to get lost? I do. I actually do. Um, it's. It's going to be lost only because the last game they made was, I think it, it was Tekken 7, and Tekken, those, those, they didn't have any contenders in those years, you know, like uh, Mortal Kombat had already been out, they haven't made a Soul Calibur in a really long time, um, yeah, I think this year might not be so well for Tekken, to be honest with you, uh, with Injustice on, on the prowl as well, I think Nether Realms is kind of dominating yeah. the fighting market right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah I 100% agree. That was kind of where my thought was. It was kind of a leading question, you know. But by the oh, time yeah. Tekken comes out, that'll be the third fighting game of the year, and it's still the first exactly. half of the year. So I would imagine they, that the uh, the Marvel Capcom one will probably be the most popular since we've already had an Injustice recently. But Tekken, I'm just not sure there's a fan base. They... I, I almost feel like they should have either came out, like, this month, or they should just wait. Like, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you... you once a game is done, I think you kind of have to release it, because it's going to be outdated if you wait too long. Um, well, but there's plenty of companies that like to release them when they're not done. So, you know, <laughs> you could go that route, too. <laughs> and that's probably the better strategy in this case, 
Because if they had come out six months ago, then they would have been, you know, pretty much the only game on the market since Street Fighter right. V was not well received. Right, uh, right, right. It, it, they didn't. It just seems like they didn't. Um, their marketing timing is kind of, you know, kind of off. I think yeah. I think it's a tough year for them to try this. Fair enough. Um, <coughs> the only other thing I wanted to point out is for all the Pokemon fans out there that finally Pokemon Bank is compatible with Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, with that said, trying to get Mew, apparently the transfer is a giant bitch, so um, just be aware of that. Why I is that? To... Why is Mew always the elusive asshole? Well, I mean, most people have Mew because they use some cheats to get them. And Nintendo's pretty locked down from that standpoint. Um, so, you know, if you use cheat codes to get them, you, you can do it. It's it's out there. There's some tutorials. But it's, it's not, you know, the easiest thing in the world. Are they actually cheat codes? Or are they, like, ways that you, you find him specifically or you cause the, the game to trigger his spawning? That's more of the latter. They're kind of like glitches. You know, oh, okay. you know, like the old missing no and, and things like that. Um, right. You know, there. You know, so it can be done, but it's a big hassle. And considering that Pokemon is still, you know, very much loved by the younger generations. You know, I don't know how many you know kids under the age of ten are going to go through that kind of effort to transfer Mew, but I'm sure some people in our bracket will. So. Well, I also have to ask this question, and I'm sorry that I have to ask it. What's a Pokemon Bank? Because I'm not familiar with it. Oh, no, you're, you're fine. So, over the years, you've been able to transfer Pokemon from one game to another, so you can kind of keep what you catch. Um, sure. And back in the day, you had to actually link up uh, uh, Game Boys and stuff to get from a Game Boy to a Game Boy Advanced and, and so forth. But once um, they started launching you know, the DSs and there were some online features, they eventually released Pokemon Bank, which is a separate app. It's like 4 bucks a year, so it's really cheap. Um, and you basically store Pokemon in there and it's compatible with most of the DS era games. So Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby, X and Y, Sun and Moon now, and you basically store your Pokemon in there and then you can pick up those Pokemon um, in other games. Okay, but if I'm playing like, uh, okay, if I'm playing Sun, right, and I have caught Pokemon, um, no, I'm sorry, I'm playing Sun, I've caught Pokemon, and then I go back to play uh, Alpha Sapphire or Mega Ruby, whichever one it is. Um, am I able to then have Pokemon that were not originally in that game? Well, that's brand new functionality, so I'm not sure exactly how that would work. I haven't tried it myself. If the Pokemon exists in Alpha Sapphire, I doubt it's a problem. But if it's a new Pokemon, like one of the starters, that would be interesting. Right. I, I don't know. I've never tried that. Okay. Cool. I know that now, mo is most people oh, use it to go between games of that generation. So you you go through, you play Sun, you find the Pokemon you like, you know, and then you transfer them over to Moon so you can play with the Pokemon you right. want in Moon. Right. I get you. Is this the first time, was it Sun and Moon, the first time that your Pokemon level with you while being in the bank? Or was that a myth? I don't... I am not aware that it does that. Because you... Okay. You don't really level. So historically, you earn badges, right? And so every badge allows Pokemon of a certain level cap to listen to you. Um, and if a Pokemon outlevels your badge level, then it kind of is, gives you a giant middle finger and says, fuck off. 
Um, and Sun and Moon is a little <laughs> bit different because there aren't badges for the first time. This is the first generation of Pokemon games where they drop the badge gym system and instead you have these trials and it's a little bit different. So it's not an exact one-to-one ratio, but your Pokemon level up based on XP as they go. So when they fight Pokemon or other Pokemon are around them fighting, they, they gain XP from that and that's how they level up. Gotcha, gotcha. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to pick up Pokemon uh, Sun or Moon. I had to forego that for other reasons, play different games. But um, sounds like that's, I need to check it out. Got to get on those trials, right? The God trials. No, it, it's cool. It, it, they're nice. It's a nice change of pace. As somebody who's played uh, Pokemon games in the past, it's, it's refreshing how different Sun and Moon are. So, but. We can always talk about those another time. Uh, let's let's move on then. Is there anything you guys are playing that you think is noteworthy? Uh, yes, but I'll cover that in mobile games. Ooh, okay. cool. <clears throat> anything from you, John? Yeah, I just went back to uh, I, pl- I I downloaded um, I believe it was Left for Dead, the first one on Steam, and oh, just nice. go- just going back through it, you know, just playing as Francis, just tearing shit up. But yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm just getting back to the playing the old games again, you know. On your on your new PC. <laughs> on my new PC and and maxing those graphics out, right? I, I love it. This this guy's got a top of the line i7, you know, he's got a 1060 Nvidia card, and he's like, I'm gonna play Oblivion. I'm gonna play. Half-Life I'm gonna play Half Life Two. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Good games. I'm not knocking the games, but you're not you're not really pushing the new system. That's for sure. Um, Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> for me, I'm, I've actually just been playing. I picked up, uh, kind of prepping for the Switch, I picked up um, Super Mario 3D Land for the 3DS. Oh, uh, cool. I've actually had it for a really long time, but I never finished playing through it. And uh, it's it's good. It's a really good game. It's a, it's a little bit shorter um, than most, except that once you, you beat Bowser, spoiler alert, uh, that's only halfway through the game, it turns out, which is pretty cool. So Cool. Um, yeah, it's a good game, but, uh, let's, let's go ahead and move into our main, main topics here. So John, I'm going to let you kind of lead the charge with Resident Evil seven. No problem. Gladly. Um, so uh, Resident Evil seven is, has obviously hit a, hit a big, big splash this week. Cause it had, it just come out on Tuesday here and the reviews are p- quite positive. Um, However, being a longtime Resident Evil fan, I feel like it's it's kind of gotten they've went a little too different. That I don't even feel like it should be called a Resident Evil game, um, more the less than just being a horror game. Like I feel like the game probably would have been just as successful as a standalone, not with the Resident Evil title, than it would. Um, with the Resident Evil title, but of course they're trying to market to a specific fan base, which um, from the old Resident Evil games, this, the horror and suspense came from not knowing what's around the corner and really dumb camera angles. Um, what, yes, I mean we're talking like they would put the camera like in the corner of the room down the hallway. I so, remember. I was yeah. gloriously like frustrating. Oh yeah, yeah. You couldn't see. You couldn't even. You didn't even know if you were really aiming at the zombie in front of you. <laughs> to be right, honest, right. Um, but but one of the notable things about that, and this kind of 
people are saying it adds to the horror, and I, I totally understand it, but this game is first person, and for the longest time, Resident Evil has been noted as a third person shooter, and for good reason. So, I, what are so your guys' opinions? Oh, wait, go so ahead. You're, you're saying that you, you don't really like the switch from third person to first person. I, I think they really, really wanted to, to use VR and be ready for the future and add to the suspense and horror, which it does, but there's certain themes about the games that you kind of need to keep in order to, to keep them in that, you know, that type of game. So, like, that's like... That's like taking Superman and changing his backstory. Like, no, you got to keep Superman's backstory the same. You can make him do new shit, but you, you can't change the backstory. That's right. how I feel about it. I mean, all it. this is, is a, you know, basically it's a, it's a different angle, right? I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, Mario games are, are a good comparison because you have the platformers, you have the 3D world ones. Now, you don't have any real first-person Mario games, uh, but they're still Mario, right? So how does it... How does being a first-person shooter make it not Resident Evil? Well, they, they just all they that's what they've done. Like I feel like the only reason it's kind of a gimmicky thing in my opinion. The only reason they went first-person shooter is to make it scarier. That's really the only reason because they have you going through. Um, I have that, I haven't that had, so bad though. I mean, if it works, if that's successful and it does make it more intense, isn't that a good thing? So yes and no. So it depends on which era of Resident Evil fan you are. So Resident Evil 1 would be the ones with the camera angles that I was telling you about. That game has very little enemies. There's probably three different types of enemies that you you encounter. is regular zombies, crimson heads, and something called a hunter, which are much faster and more bigger creatures, but you don't really run into those things very often. Uh, the the whole part of that game is all about just wandering and feeling <laughs> scared, hopelessness, right? Um, and then you've got Resident Evil 2, which they changed it up a little bit. They made it a little more... It's got the same mechanics, same camera angles, but they actually made it a little more action action type. It's the first time we saw G, um, Leon Kennedy. This is the sure. first time we saw Claire. And... Um, from that point forward, they kind of just rolled with that. But really, I think the biggest game changer was Resident Evil 4. Um, that one was basically all on Leon, and he has he was on his own mission, protect, going to Central America country to save the president's daughter. How badass is that? It was the it was the perfect blend of <coughs> horror and action. So, sure. ever since then, the five and six. They've kind of just stuck with that action and horror, more, more mainly on the heavier on the action side. But it it just really depends. Like I said, like this game, Resident Evil Seven, is meant for those older fans. That's and and I personally am a fan of four and on because I actually like being able to do a get a Gatling gun and sh- machine guns and all these awesome, really cool things. You know, not yeah, the not, fact that you're just like a guy who's looking for his wife like that, that's a little too limiting. Well, I, I guess I just, again, like I just don't, you, you can't, you might as well just call that silent Hills. You know, you might as well just call that a separate horror move, uh, a horror game because this game hardly touches on any of the p- previous characters. The, 
the Resident Evil's always been about zombies. It's been about bio um, bioengineered creatures. Right. It's not about a cannibalistic family in this mansion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's it's kind of like it's kind of like you guys abandoned all of the creatures you've created over the years, really good ones. Um, so like, to it. so really, if if how about this? If we labeled it as a companion game, <coughs> how how would that fit better? Do you think as as a companion to the Resident Evil story? You know, I, like I th- uh, almost like Left Behind for The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been much better. I just feel like they were trying to rope in some people by putting number seven on the end when it's not a sequel whatsoever. Um, it doesn't even tie into the last game. So, well, I mean, to be to be fair, like the the box art and the actual logo doesn't say seven really. I mean, it's you know it's Resident Evil, but they kind of use the word evil to make it look like the Roman numeral seven. But it feels more like it's just Resident Evil Biohazard. And I can understand that. I can see where that's coming from. Um, I just, it's, I mean, when you see it, when you look at it on the game list and you look at it on any other list, it, it has seven in there. Yeah, I know. It's titled seven. Yeah. So. I, I get where he's coming from. See, and for me, it would be like if you made another Mario game. Only you made it a first-person shooter Mario game <laughs> exactly. where you're shooting fireballs. And as big of a Mario fan as you could be, and possibly as awesome as that sounds, I don't know why they haven't done that, um, I could see where I'd be like, you know, this this is missing something I am used to. Uh, it's great. I mean, I'm setting, you know, like a Koopa Troop is on fire, and that's fantastic. But uh, <laughs> if it's not a platformer, if, if I'm first-personing it, it doesn't quite feel the same, and so being nostalgic, because a lot of games are based off nostalgia these days, uh, I think that I could I could kind of relate to feeling like, eh, maybe I'm not getting what I really expected to get. And if it's chronologically, like if the story doesn't fall along, you know, you, you can break away and do stories that are, are unrelated and do kind of your own thing, but I, I can also see how people are like, hey, if I'm in 7, I want to kind of see where the story went from 6. Exactly. Well, they left it open in the end of 6, you know, and they had introduced a whole new set of characters, and it was like, well, let's let's hear about that. Where is this? No, they decided to kind of reboot. It, it was almost a reboot, but not really, because they right. took it. They took a broad scale, like Resident Evil 6. It was a global thing, right? And they've brought it now to one cannibalistic mansion in the middle of Louisiana. Come on. Like, that, that kind yeah. of really pisses There's me gonna off. There's going to be at least three in the middle of Louisiana. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, I guess my question would be this, then. So, since they want to do the VR thing, now, this is only being released on for uh, in, in PlayStation VR. Everything else is just normal console stuff. Right, right. Um, I mean, can you do third person well in VR? There's been a couple of indie exa- examples. Maybe maybe indie's the wrong word because it's very expensive to do VR. But you know, can you imagine doing a shooter that's third person in VR? No, I, I think the VR was just a, a gimmicky to be like, hey, we this is VR, bring people in. And that's the only reason I think it was. Oh, how can we drive up PlayStation sales? I know what we can do. We can we can make it a virtual reality option because uh, all all of um I haven't I don't own PlayStation VR. It's a little too expensive at this point for me to justify buying it. Um, but from everything I've read, the experience is just about the same. 
you get the same exact experience. I mean, there's obviously VR helps with the visuals, and you 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 kind of get a little more submersed. But in the end of the day, you can pretty much do the same things and feel just as scared in those moments, not in VR. It's a gimmicky thing <laughs> to me. Well, you know, we, we could probably have a, a bigger VR conversation on a, on a different episode. Um, but I was just curious if you thought that there was a way they could have done a Resident Evil game in VR that still would have made it feel Resident Evil-y. See, what would have been cool, and I've, I've pitched this a while ago, <laughs> is if you did it from the enemy's standpoint. Maybe that in first person would have been kind of cool to see the characters that you've grown to know and love fighting against them and they kick their kick your ass or kill you or whatever. <laughs> I thought that would have been kind of cool. You want to be the zombies? Uh well, you you would have a choice between zombies, you'd have a choice between those hunters, crimson heads and some of the uh the basically there are there are guys like Wesker and Jax who who are like just got like a bio arm or something. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, it worked yeah. in Left in uh, Left for Dead when if you do PVP, you can actually be uh it's the it's the the players which are the protagonists versus uh yeah. the zombies. And yeah. it worked out really well. People really liked it. So I, See, I think I mean, that would have been cool. Like that would have been really cool to do something like that. But like I can I'm although I sound kind of negative towards the game i i think it's going to be a solid really good horror game and i'm excited to play it i just don't feel like it's resident evil so that's that's kind of how i i fall on that one i mean that that's fair i think it's a it's a good look at it It sounds like you're being pretty critical of it i mean you know we, we haven't seen a resident evil game in a little while um you know just trying to like Look back at the list. I guess the last one was a big game. What, that 2000? Like, was that 14? I mean, 2000, well, 2012 was when 6 came out. Oh, wow, even longer. Holy um, crap. There were a couple in that you know in 15 and 16 that were like remasters. Oh, oh yeah. Stories, um, you know, so I hesitate to kind of put those in the main stories, kind of like how, you know, Batman Origins are, um, is not the same developer as, as the rest of the Arkham games. Um, right. You know, but, uh, no, I mean, I'm kind of excited about it. I, uh, I don't play a lot of horror games. I love the last of us and I've got alien isolation and, um, things like that. But I tend, I tend to really gravitate towards first person shooters. I'm a, I'm a huge halo fan. Um, you know, for example, there. Uh, but at the same same token, you know, Gears of War third person's pretty cool. So I, I'm interested to see how much I like doing a survival horror in first person. I feel like that will rank, ratchet up the intensity quite a bit, and that's something that I'm I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, I I totally think it'll be great horror game. So I I I don't I don't necessarily say I'm I'm not I'm going to play it. I'm going to buy it. I just have this bias because I'm a Resident Evil fan, and I, <laughs> I don't feel like it's Resident Evil. But you're like every other nerd, which is that you are protective over your nostalgia, <laughs> and when they touch your nostalgia, that that's no bueno. You have to don't be have don't be changing them. Superman's backstory. Don't do it. Right, right. Fair enough. All right. So, anything else then about Resident Evil before we move on? The game is out now. 
Um, it's available for PS4, Xbox One, and Windows PC, so you can pick that up. Um, and then the movie, the new movie's coming out soon, which I know, John, you love the movies. God. <laughs> Those you are know, as nostalgic as you are over the, the old stuff, I'm sure you really love the service that the movies have done. <laughs> they are. I would say the first film, although it wasn't accurate, was the best one of them. <laughs> Had the best soundtrack, probably. It, yeah, that too. It, it was um, It was actually, if you think about it, the first film was actually before 28 Days Later and some of those really big groundbreaking zombie movies. So to have it in on film like that and, and still be um, remotely close to the Resident Evil storyline, it, it was actually a pretty decent film. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Wes Anderson. I think he's only made like two or three good movies in, in his career, um, one of those being Event Horizon. But... Um, this last movie just looks terrible. <laughs> They're just B movies, B action movies. They, all they've the definitely way gone to the downhill. Um, I love the first one, and I really like the second one too. But after that, I mean, it just spirals out of control into just kind of boring, nonsensical run from the zombies. Yeah, yeah, and then they try to throw in the characters that they abandoned <laughs> in uh, one of the more recent ones. They're like. Oh, we, oh, you know what? Here's Leon. Um, you know what? Here's all these characters, Chris. Here's. <laughs> it's like you cannot do that. You've already decided to follow this woman who has powers for some reason that she can't control, and uh, just abandon everything. <laughs> well, see, this uh, is I, the Smallville storyline. I figured it out. I know now why he doesn't like it because it's a woman protagonist. No, that is not. That is not what I'm saying. Because a lot of the main characters in Resident Evil are women, and and her name is Jill's particular one, and uh, they gave her the they basically gave Alice Jill's outfit, and was like, "You're not Jill, but you're gonna do everything Jill does, except with powers." <laughs> so, I, mean, um, I wish yeah. she would just be able to use the powers like well at this point. Give them to her. <laughs> let her let her be a superhero. It's fine. Oh um, man, <laughs> I I just. I just hate those movies so much. I think this last movie is going to be so bad. Like, I hope well, they're at least, done. It's the last one, you know. I they always say that. <laughs> I mean, it is the final chapter, of course. You know, and then that, there's a new book, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's right. New, you know, rebirth. Resident yeah. Evil rebirth. Um, all right. So let's let's move on then to the next topic. We're going to talk mobile gaming. Yeah. And before we dive too deep into this, I want to first define what that means and why it's not the same as handheld gaming. Right. I have to say, when he says he wants to define what it means, he's, he's really saying he wants to define what it doesn't mean. And that's his precious 3DS Tricky. game. Tricky. Yeah, he, he wants to make sure to set up a difference because it's just not quite as high caliber, really, when you're playing on your cell phone, you see. <laughs> well, no, 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 I, I didn't mean it like that, but I do think that the, the Vita, the PSP, the Game Boys, the 3DSs, all that kind of stuff are a different category of gaming console from smartphones and tablets. They are, dude. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. I would have to agree. Like, <laughs> the budget, <laughs> the budget and, and quality is usually better on those yeah, types of games. Um. So, yeah, so I was just going to define it as... Mobile gaming is games that were developed and designed for smartphones and tablets. 
Sure. That was I it. can deal with that. Yeah. You know. Um, so there, so there's no trick to it. You were just, you were just pretending like you were gonna throw a curveball, then you just threw a straight one. No, there's there's no trick to it. I just want to make sure there's a bit of a distinction, especially with the Switch coming out, because I also don't think it would be fair to compare the Switch to uh, mobile games, because you know phones and tablets don't have physical buttons like that. They don't have joysticks, right. you know, and and things of that nature. And I don't think it's a fair comparison to say that. You know, this two ninety nine game is not as good as this fifty nine ninety nine game. <laughs> well, you know what? If it was if it was as good, then that's a big problem for the sixty dollar game. So Yeah, you know what? There are some sixty dollar games with the same value, so <laughs> <clears throat> but not including the DLC of course that you can purchase for thirty dollars or whatever. Well sure, sure. I'm never gonna not harp on that. Look, once you've spent three hundred and fifty bucks and you've actually bought the full game, then you can come back and tell me if it's any good. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Precisely. Gimmicks. So, so <laughs> let, let's let's talk about pros and cons of mobile gaming. Do you guys like mobile gaming in general? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. Awesome. Hey, awesome. man, I was answering what was asked. Hey, um, man, uh, Clash of Clans, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> That's a uh, joke. Yeah, I know. I, I like uh, I like mobile gaming. I think it's it's nice to see that uh, they're trying to get gaming to be something that's a bit more common um, and a bit more acceptable. I think that you look at mobile gaming and a lot of it stemmed from the Facebook games, you know, the Farmville and stuff like that. And then they realized, holy crap, we can micro uh, transaction the world to death if we just make sure that we keep having to buy more whatever the monetar- the, the monetary system is in order to continue on to the harder levels. Um, but I, I also think that whereas it may have uh, probably came from a little bit more um, greed-focused uh, perception of things, I think that it, it isn't all that way. I think there's some really good mobile games out there too. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. John, what about you? Um, I, You know, I, I don't really do a lot of mobile gaming. I, I mean, I play a few here and there, but... Man, David, you nailed it. Like, just the fact that people, you know, it might get a little different now that the Switch comes out. I I think that'll definitely have an impact on some of the uh, mobile games because now we're bringing, like, really good quality games on the go. But, like, um, yeah, just being, just having the ability to play a game at any any point in time and in, in, in the car. Um, and still capitalize on that market is it's it's quite genius actually if you think about it. Microtransactions well, are genius. They are. <clears throat> Unfortunately, they've also kind of tainted the well for other gaming. But I can say that um, you know it's nice to have something. These games are almost always something that is either um, non-punitive if you do have to put it down, uh, or encourages you to take time because there's tasks or something like that that have a set duration to them. Um, so it's one of those things you don't feel super obligated. You don't feel like you're getting sucked in for hours and hours. You're, you're getting a chance just to kind of play and get your jolly and then keep moving on. Um, yeah. and I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think, you know, that lets there be more casual gamers. And while some people aren't huge fans of casual gamers and of the opinion that casual gamers are really kind of how you keep the community alive. So... Yeah, I, I think it's also fair to point out that there are a lot there are a lot of mobile games that don't have microtransactions and aren't really trying mm-hmm. to to nickel and dime us. Um, 
part of me is already nostalgic for the old mobile games when Android was new. Um, and it was kind of just this fresh world of people making games for each other. You know, I, I played some really fun games like Abduction, where you were this jumping cow going all the way up into space. And, <laughs> yes, so good. Um, I love that game. <laughs> um, Scrambled Net, where you basically had computer systems that you were trying to... It was a puzzle game. You were trying to line up all these different connections to complete the circuits and, um, you know, color matching games. Just very simple stuff, you know, Sudokus and, you know, Age of Conquest was a really cool one. It was almost like... Uh, a uh, turn-based strategy game, uh, but on, like, larger scale, you didn't have individual units, you had just had, like, territories, uh, almost like Risk, I guess, without the dice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and some of these games were free, some were a buck or two, and that was it. You had the game, and you could play the game and enjoy it, um, you know, without having to, you know, come back in two hours, or come back in five hours, or buy these coins, and um, I, it's almost like mobile gaming got the same start that console gaming got way back in the day where it was, we're going to make a game that's going to be fun to play and you're you're just going to enjoy it and be done with it. And now we're at this point where we're going to build kind of part of a game and then try and squeeze as much money out of you as possible. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the, the side of it that is more based on the, the income or, or whatnot is, uh, it's not always malicious, you know, they, they've got to be able to turn a profit so they can keep making the game somehow. But it, it's always one of those things that's kind of, you look at a game, I would much rather pay upfront for a game and unlock everything. You know, even if it's as much, if it's a great game, I'll pay five bucks. I'd rather pay five bucks and unlock everything than for you to, to ratchet up the difficulty so that it's so much, uh, so that I have to rely on uh, spending money so I don't pull my hair out in order to keep playing the game. Um, yeah, but I mean, absolutely. not all of them are like that. I think that you got to keep you that... hooked, man. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think you know, th- there's there's some good examples out there of games that are transaction based that you you don't necessarily have to nickel and dime. I think Pokemon Go is a good example of that. If you oh yeah. Play on a regular basis and you hit up the stops. You don't have to put money into that game. You certainly mm-hmm. can, and I've put some money into it. Nothing crazy, maybe, maybe twenty bucks total. But um, you know, you can really enjoy and play that game to its fullest without ever spending a dime. Um, yeah. But the flip coin of that is the EA version of Dungeon Keeper. Now, Dungeon Keeper has been around as a franchise for a very long time, but the mobile version of the game that EA currently has out is straight up freemium. Um, you're building mm-hmm. your dungeons and you're building the traps and it's great for a while. And then instead of something taking five minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, it's come back in eight and a half days. Right. <laughs> right. You know? It's always the duration games that you've got to look out for because yes. they're absolutely going to try and find a way to say, okay, well, you know, you, you don't have to pay money. You can entirely get old enough to retire and just kind of wait for things to, to finish completing um, those are the games that I feel like you know you're you're trying to get you're trying to capitalize on the fact that gamers by and large are completionists, and uh, we're going to you know we're willing to pay that money in order to complete the game, um, and we don't want to have to wait forever to do it. 
um, we're also kind of impatient. At least maybe I'm just describing myself. You know, maybe this is very <laughs> introspective of me, but... Uh, well, I, th- I, I think the amount of time really matters. Like, I'm playing a game right now uh, called... Um, uh, oh, shoot. I'm drawing a blank of the name of it. Hang on. I got it right here. It's uh, a Frogger-style game, uh, Crossy Road. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I actually started playing it, oddly enough, on my Kindle Fire TV, but there's an Android version, and I'm playing it, and it's fun. It's basically like three-dimensional Frogger, uh, and every so often you'll get free coins in the game. But it's never a long time. It's, you know, a few hours here and there. It's, you know, maybe it's six hours, maybe it's eight, and that's like the max. But when I was playing Dungeon Keeper, it was literally over a week I'd have to wait to come back and do the next thing. And a a week means that I'm playing that game once every nine days. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not what mobile gaming is. Mobile gaming is, you know, I'm um, sitting around watching TV or, um, you know, on the bus on the way to work or, you know, something like that where I'm killing downtime. Right. Yeah, I want to be able to just jump into a game and, you know, play something like, uh, you know, my Super Plumber run. (laughs) Oh, my God. No way. Super Mario Run's not out on Android yet. So, you know. Super Plumber (laughs) Run. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think you're right. I think Pokemon Go kind of did it right in that, it, one, it was it was in the spirit of getting people out and active. It was not in the spirit, I feel like, of making a shit pile of money. <clears throat> you know, they didn't try and make a shit pile of money with Ingress either, um, and I, I feel like that was a good thing. But I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things that if you really want to be lazy and you don't want to have to, you know, take something that's not a super inconvenience uh, to get it done and you just want to pay to do it, Sure, that's fine. It's non-competitive, so pay to win in non-competitive doesn't really matter. It just really kind of matters whose who's wallet's paying for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to kind of, I guess, split off here, I think with Pokemon Go, uh, what, who, who plays here? I know I play Pokemon Go. I know Derek yeah, plays Pokemon yeah. Go. Yeah, you used to play it a lot, so. Yeah, wh- why'd you stop? Um, personally, I just feel, it gets old for me really quick. Um, yeah. Number one, I, I just felt like, you know, it's the same routine, and I'm going to the same st- – I find myself going to the same stops every time because I know I can get balls there. And and it becomes this routine, and for me, that that, that kind of loses the excitement. So the, the only time that that game is ever really fun is when you're going somewhere new, really. Like, let's be honest. That's when you find new Pokemon or you find, oh, there's a stop here. And you, you're getting excited because you're in a new location, like <laughs> – I'll give you an example. When we when I did play it a lot, um, me, Derek, and Rachel, his girlfriend, and my wife, Hillary, we were on we were uh, traveling through cons, and we were in um, Derek. Where were we? And we were just going nuts in this ho- in this uh, restaurant. We oh yeah, so we nuts. we had gone out to Kentucky for Fandom Fest. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. And there was like a a Louisville <laughs> uh, restaurant, and yeah, there were Pokemon, and it was cool because it was different stuff. Um, so I think, right. yeah, if you travel a lot, the game definitely has some advantages. If you are li- really a point A to B person, you, you're home, you go to work and you go home, that's it's going to get me. very repetitive. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much yeah. me, man. I'm hitting up the same stops, getting the same Pokemon every time. Like, you know, they try to keep it, um, interesting and throw new Pokemon at you, but you know, it, it you can only do so much. <laughs> well, and Derek and I are fortunate in working downtown because working downtown means you've got access to all the Poke Stops that are everywhere, and that's it. 
seems to be where harder to find Pokemon spawn. We're not like Rattatas everywhere, so um, <laughs> there's there's definitely that. And I guess that's maybe one of the cons is that if you're somebody who wants to just sit and play it at home, uh, you're really not gonna get much. I've got a friend of mine who uh, who actually has a he's a paraplegic, so he can't really do a lot, uh, as you might imagine. <laughs> and so like. Uh, being able to get up and and go out and do stuff, even if it's one of those things where somebody's helping them around, doesn't make it very practical, and so it kind of misses out on on that. And I think that aside from sitting at home and buying the lures to to bring them to where you are, there's not a lot there for people who necessarily aren't looking to be able to go out and go on a hike or go someplace new every time they crack that game open. Right. Yeah. You nailed it, man. That Pokemon Go is it's a, it's. And now that Pokemon Sun and Moon are out, and I feel like that's probably hurt them a lot, um, hmm. because a real Pokemon game is out, and people, if they had, if for a while there, there was just, we didn't have a Pokemon game for a while, so this was something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that Pokemon Sun and Moon are out, I feel like people wanting to, would rather play the real Pokemon game where they can actually trade stuff and actually do these things. Because let's be yeah. honest, how much of how many of you actually really use the augmented reality? It was difficult to catch Pokemon. It was only funny yeah. because you'd put Pokemon in someone's cleavage or their ass or in a urinal. That's the only reason it was fun. Holy shit, you are a sick um, motherfucker. I I tried. The, I really turned off the augmented reality to save battery life. To be honest with you, it's uh, harder to catch him though. I mean, it, it is. is, but I don't mind the the added difficulty. I think that that's kind of cool. Uh, but it just destroyed your battery, and in an age where phone batteries are, you know, not really removable much, I have a GS7, um, you know, I've got to keep my backup battery, and I'm trying to do walks to ha- hatch my eggs, and so i got to pick and choose where that battery power is going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the so, downside of mobile gaming right there. You just, you just talked about it, mobile gaming. So although it's nice to pick up a game and play and go, but let's say you're you're in an airport, and you've played a game, you're waiting for your connecting flight for an hour and a half, two hours. You've drained almost all of your battery. You have no entertainment <laughs> for the plane. Right. Or means of getting a hold of anybody in case there's an emergency. That too. Um, but that's why, you know, I think that to your point about the Pokemon Sun and Moon, I think it's two separate things, two separate purposes. I mean, I have a 3DS, but I don't carry it around with me all the time. I mean, I might bring it to work in my bag in case I want to play over lunch or something, but... You know, if, we, if we're walking the lunch, I'm not breaking out the 3DS. Um, right. You know, if I'm sitting at the movie theater theater waiting for the, uh, you know, the previews to start, I'm not, I'm not playing 3DS. That's not me. I know people do that, and that, that's great, but that's not what I do. I, I've got my phone. And the mobile games are sophisticated enough that, that they can keep my attention for that type of stuff. So when it comes to Pokemon Go, what, just individually, what do you guys think the prognosis is, do you think that it is going to rebound? Because back in its day, I mean, it was outpacing Twitter as far as daily right. uses. Um, but, of course, they had their big their big snafu, and they've never really quite recovered since then. They've done some pretty cool stuff in the form of, uh, like, um, special events and, and things like that. Do you guys think it's ever going to be able to, to get back to its former glory, or do you think it's just going to continue to uh, slide downhill until it's just completely... No longer I'm gonna let you go first. Go All first, right. Eric. So I think that as long as the Gen Two comes out soon, 
and they mark they market that well enough, I think it will continue to be very successful. There are eight hundred <laughs> about uh, approximately eight hundred Pokemon out there um, that they can add to the game over time, and that just catches them up to what's available today. Let alone what they can add down the road. You know, um, if you add one hundred and fifty Pokemon every six months, every nine months. You can keep that game going for a really long time. If they add in trading, if they add in more social abilities, um, maybe bring over some of the Mitomo functionality so you can, you know, do more cosmetic things um, with your avatar in Pokemon Go, these things will make people very interested. And I, I think that that's what's hurt them, um, is that they haven't launched that stuff. The game, you know, came out in early July, and... It's now f- almost February, and we still don't have Gen 2. We still don't have trading. We still don't have cosmetic stuff that we can really alter. And that keeps people coming back day in and day out. I know that yeah. if I open the game, I'm probably going to see Pokemon that I've caught a bunch of times. And right now, I you know the list of Pokemon that I need is much smaller than the list of Pokemon that are out there. And that's because there's only a 100 and... You know, now they've added a couple of the pre-evolutions, so, you know, not even 160 out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I've caught over 100 of them, or evolved over 100 of them. So, you know, you drop another 150 on there, and now there's twice as many Pokemon that I've never seen. You've got my, you've got my attention. And I think if they were to invent new Pokemon that's just for Pokemon Go that later translates over, I don't know that they can do that, because technically they're not, they're not... I think, uh, in control of that. But, you know, if they were to, I think that could help them out quite a bit, too. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't. It's still the Pokemon company. Nintendo owns Pokemon, but it's still the Pokemon company that that does this stuff. Um, You know, I think that it would be very interesting if they did that. You know, there's legendary Pokemon like Mewtwo and and the birds and things, and um, they they haven't been available and they're supposed to be these special events where you can get them. But again, you know, we're now in Feb- almost February, uh, end of, ju- end of January, the game has been out for over six months and they haven't had a single event like that yet. That's so true. They, yeah. they just kind of need no, to get I'm on with you. it. You know, they have yeah. to, they have to keep going. If it's, you know, if they're gonna keep rolling stuff out, then they've got to do it. Stop teasing it. Stop the rumors and just launch stuff. Right. I'm on the flip side. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the flip side. I, I think there was a point when, at its peak, when it first came out, it was different. It was fun. It was new, and that's what people want to play. But at this point, I, I, you know, I'm used to seeing like my coworkers, people who have never even played Pokemon, will go outside and walk to these stops. That has stopped tremendously. That is, that is no longer a thing. And and, and and also, I feel like the time of the year, since it's colder out, no one really wants to go to these stops. That's true. So it, it might pick yep. up. It might pick up in the summer or spring, but I feel like it was in the summer. It was middle of the summer when it came out, so people were okay with going outside. Now that it's colder, it's probably not going to be as much of a thing for people to, to go out there at 30 degrees or negative 15 and, and get their Pokeballs. Right, you'll always have the diehard fanatics who will go out there for something crazy, but as well, far I've as got a, we're going to... I've got like a gazebo across from my building that I could see it's a Pokestop, and there used to be so much people there, like it was crowded, and um, 
I don't even see one person there anymore. <laughs> and I get it's yeah. cold. I, I get it's cold, but I no, haven't temp- seen it. The temperature is a big piece of it. You know, uh, the girl and I had like this hour long walk path that we would do uh, just to kind of hatch eggs and catch Pokemon. And, you know, when it's five degrees out, we just aren't motivated to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Right, so right. so that, that's a game that's very dependent on the season. And, um, like I said, I don't think they'll ever recover as many as they had started, starting out strong because the the novelty is wore off for some of those people. But, yeah, I, I definitely think it'll increase here in spring and summer. But I don't think it'll ever be the same. Okay. Fair enough. So, so David, I know that you've got a game that you want to talk to us a bit about. I, I checked it out a little bit. was didn't have a ton of time to dive in. But do you want to talk a bit about Mobile Legends? Ah, yeah, okay. So, uh, for people who are MOBA fans, and, and I was for a long time, um, I, I just could only die and get called, you know, noob sack and whatnot so many times before <laughs> I just didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, LOL's got a terrible community. This is essentially a LOL clone. Um, it is a free-to-play LOL clone. Now, granted, it's going to have microtransactions in it, uh, you know, because a lot of stuff does. But just it, real quick, for those who don't know, LOL is League of Legends. Yeah, LOL. Uh, so if you've ever played Defense of the Ancients, which is what mobile gaming is kind of based off of, uh, it's essentially you have a, a set of five players on each side, and you have a map, <clears throat> and that map itself has objective towers and, and things like that that you've got to try and capture. Uh, it's very, I mean, it's very strategic, and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but yeah, the fact that they've been able to successfully on a mobile platform, kind of clone a game as big as League of Legends, because League of Legends has a huge community. Um, and, I, I mean, they've really been able to turn around and make this game something that anybody can play. They've been able to, to reduce the match time to really only 5 or 10 minutes. Normally it was, it was something closer to 20. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I think if it's uh, something you like, if you like doing competitive stuff on the go, it's really great. Um, you know, and... and one of the problems with regular MOBA or uh, League of Legends is when you're playing it, you know, if you have to go, if you have something you got to do, uh, you're just kind of abandoning your group. You get penalized for it if you do it too frequently, um, and it, it leaves people hanging. Well, this game, I mean, being that it kind of fits that same sort of, you know, mobile requirement that we were talking about earlier, that it's got to be something you could step away from, they've they've figured out a system that you can do that where essentially it just becomes you become a, a NPC, a, a computer-controlled player, until you're able to return or until the match ends. So um, it's really fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It feels a lot like League of Legends. So if you're waiting for maybe like a different bit of content or a different feel to the game because you like MOBAs, I, I might suggest doing a different MOBA and, and not this. But if you like you know, doing that sort of stuff and you like doing it on the go, it's fantastic. It's a lot hey, of fun. You... you, you. I mean, as soon as you said it's got a, a PC or a computer that'll play for you, shit, I, I'm in. I'm ready to play. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it looks really good. So I, I, I played LOL a little bit, but I really play Heroes of the Storm uh, from Blizzard. And I right. love it. I, I really love the that genre of game, the MOBA. And this one looks really sophisticated. I mean, for a mobile game, you know, my expectations for graphics are fairly low because – a, you're on a very small screen, and B, you, especially for Android, you have such a wide range of hardware that you can't really push the limits of the flagship phone because it won't work on anything else. Um, 
but it looks really st- really solid. I was really impressed mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the fact that from a visual standpoint, it doesn't look any worse than LOL or Heroes right. of the Storm. It's just it's a little more stripped down because it's on a phone, but it's just as sophisticated. Yeah, and the mechanics, I mean, it's still the same sort of thing where, uh, it, for those who aren't familiar in League of Legends, you start out at level one, uh, and you, as you kill things uh, and complete objectives, you, you gain XP and you go further. Uh, and then your abilities, you have the option of choosing between different abilities to level up that affects how you play. Uh, it's the exact same thing. And so, you know, it's able to do it where it's got that kind of strategic, okay, I've got to pick, you know, what I'm going to choose, how I want to play this character. The item market is there, too. Uh, so essentially you can buy different items that enhance your either your movement or your attack or your defense or your health or something like that. Um, so it's got all that sort of, um, you know, all that, all that sort of complexity to it. Uh, and it's still just kind of a, a free-to-play mobile game, something I, I never really expected. Uh, and I've really been pretty pleased with that, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I definitely think it's worth everybody trying out. Like I said, I've only played it for a limited amount of time, but, uh, you know, if you like MOBAs and you want to play on your phone, this would be the game to try out, Mobile Legends. And I would say if you've never played a MOBA and you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, or you've heard about it maybe, but you haven't really had a chance to play it, I would still go ahead and give it a chance to download this game and and play it, because it doesn't have that same sort of toxic community, mainly because I don't think you could talk to each other, which is great. Um, <laughs> but it, it's it's just kind of fun and fast, and and it's not really a huge commitment, and you get to have a little competitive PvP, and everybody loves some PvP. Um, so I, I recommend recommend giving it a shot to anybody who, who hasn't ever played it or who has played a MOBA and wants to find something to have in their pocket whenever they're at the dentist or... Know, getting bored. That'll probably be me. There you I'll go, buddy. Checking, I'll be checking it out, man. I think it sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was stoked that it was on both iOS and uh, Android. I was a little concerned. I didn't know if they were going to, you know, make sure that it was, was for everybody because it seems like <clears throat> Apple has kind of the, the market on some stronger games. Um, that but, is true. Yeah. But because everything you pay for, for the most part, on the Apple market. So. True. I sure. feel like they they have the funds they they, they have the they because you I think um, once upon a time when I owned an Apple 4s um, an iPhone 4s like you can tell that the developers they had to pay their way in there and they are there because they had to pay to be there so mm-hmm. yeah. just it's it's a quality level and a quality control thing on Apple's part. Yeah, and there's one more game I'll shoot out, shout out to uh, that I'm playing. I've actually been playing it uh, <clears throat> most of the podcast. Is it's uh, called Goblin Sword, and uh, it's <laughs> it's a throwback to old platformers. Um, it feels like a mix of uh, Mario and Legend of Zelda and Mega Man, all kind of rolled into a fantasy setting. It was 99 cents through the Apple Store. Uh, I haven't encountered anything else where I have to to pay or, or anything like that. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you're, if you like platformers, if you're old school, it's got a nice kind of old school graphic feel to it. Uh, I, I suggest, uh, giving that a try too. I'd probably goob out on it more, but I think we're maybe running low on time because I'm would you say retro style? It is retro style. It is retro style. (laughs) Derek, that's, uh, that's not on a time frame. You know, it's just a style. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm giving you shit. 
But but to be fair, so I, I wanted to check that game out too because David was really speaking highly of it, and it's not out there for Android. I, I tried finding some similar stuff. There's something out there called Slayin', um, oh. and it's just not it's not it's not what you would really want from that kind of game. And come back you know, to the light side. God. You know, it's 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 a shame. It's kind of disappointing because I, I love a good platformer, especially stuff done in that retro style like Shovel Knight and, and things like that. So. You know, if you're on iOS, definitely check it out. Um, the only other game I really want to point out is it launched this week, and that's Pokemon Duel, which is a brand new official Pokemon game, which Woo-hoo. is interesting given that we just talked about everything that Pokemon Go has kind of talked about delivering and they haven't yet. I wonder if uh, any of that's because they were building this new game. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, I haven't got to, uh, to play it yet. Uh, I am super eager to. I downloaded it uh, just kind of in preparation um, but I haven't really got a chance to, to throw down on it yet. I think it looks uh, promising. I'm glad that they're realizing that there's still that, that loyal, diehard Pokemon fan base out there from Pokemon Go. I think that encouraged them quite a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm eager, but I know nothing yet. Well, that was the best part of it, right? Wasn't the best part of uh, Pokemon Go was going to the gyms and taking it over and being like, screw you, Red, and holding it down as a fork? Um well, see, that for me... on the person, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed like, that part, I guess. I didn't feel necessary to really talk shit on Reds, because they're kind of handicapped anyway. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't like kicking puppies. Um, but at the same point in time, for me, capping gyms really kind of lost its luster. They had some issues with uh, bugs when you were trying to cap gyms that made it so you had to cap them like three or four times before they'd actually go. And even then, it, in that interim, while you're trying to get it done... Somebody else could have capped it, and your your SOL, you've gone through all your resources to heal your Pokemon back up. For me, it was always finding new Pokemon and catching it and evolving them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there are some people out there, probably Team Valor, who get a lot of fun out of uh, out of specifically capping gems because they're barbarians. <clears throat> uh, I'm pretty much with David uh, when it comes to that. Like The gym stuff just gets tedious, especially now that everyone's such high levels that – you know, to take down a level 10 gym by yourself would take hours if you're even able to do it. Right, um, right. You know, and I understand there's some there's some social aspects to it, but, you know, this is not a game where you can link up with people that aren't with you. You have to be with these people to, to be able to do that because of the GPS. So, you know, I like to, to catch them. I like to look for them and evolve them and, and all that. I wish there was a little more we could do with them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I wish that your buddy showed up with you on the map, at least kind of like Pikachu and Pokemon yellow or something, right? Uh, you know, to make it feel a little more immersive. Cause you know, we talk a bit about augmented reality and while, yeah, I can see a Pokemon sitting on my desk mm-hmm. and I guess that's augmented reality. That's as far as that goes. Yep. Yep. And as a Which... giant shadow run nerd, uh, I, so when I saw Pokemon go, I'm like, yeah, okay. So it's got some limited AR. That's fine. But the the concept of augmented reality making its its debut in a real big way uh, and probably kind of leading the charge in what sort of games we're going to see in the future, not just in like the VR kind of sense, because that's, that's something different, but in the AR kind of sense, I think is, is huge. And I really can't wait to see, you know, where that goes. And I think it's got a huge amount of potential, huge, if we're willing to... All kind of support and investing to it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. think you're absolutely right. I was really gunning for Google Glasses because you yes. can really leverage 
augmented reality very strongly with that type of technology. Yep. Yep, I agree. You can even use it really strongly. So, all right. Well, I think that's probably a good stopping point for us, guys. Anything else you want to add about mobile gaming? No, uh, man. I just, I'm going to check out what your recommendations and uh, you listeners out there. Check out David's recommendations. I think this guy knows what he's talking about. So what, what check him out. And if he's is, wrong, yell at him. I mean, fuck I'm, thro- I'm throwing this on you guys now during the episode so you can't back out. But what I want is a top five mobile game list from each of you guys. The games can be free or not. Uh, just, you know, whatever they are, put the price, if there is a price or if there's in-app purchases, do a top five mobile game list, and we're going to put those out um, over the course of the next week so people can see them. Sweet. Awesome. I'm also going to ask real quick, just, I mean, kind of related, but also tangential. How much do you think is too much to pay for uh, a game on your phone? What's your break point? Like, are you willing to get suckered into to downloading it for free and play paying thirty dollars for unlocks, or are you do you draw the line at not wanting to uh, pay more than six bucks? Like, are you like me where you like to pay it all up front, or or what? I prefer to pay it up front. Uh, so you know, Super Mario Run is a good example, right? It's a ten dollar game, but it's from Nintendo and it's Mario, so I'm right. more confident in that as a ten dollar game. On the flip side. Hearthstone, which is a desktop and a mobile game from Blizzard, you know, it's it's not necessarily pay to play, though that argument could be made, but there is, you know, solo stuff. So that, you know, they add more cards and DLC I don't really have a problem with. If I know that the publisher is legit, um, then I'm willing to invest more money into it. I can't imagine spending more than 15 or 20 um, especially when, you know, 3DS games are 30 35 Right, so. right. I was actually kind of disappointed in um, in Mario Run myself, but that's I guess that's something we're out of time for. But I I think it was a little bit of a bust. It had a lot of potential. Well, it comes to Android in February, so maybe we can do an episode and talk a little more about it. They'll probably Sweet. update it. I think they'll they'll probably make some changes because I feel like that feedback that came from launching on Apple will, will make its way over for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. But but to answer your question, it's just short and simple. Two ninety nine. I I don't yeah. really like to go over two ninety nine. Um, that's it. That's my break point. You, you, if it's not something really really good that I'm hooked into, it's going to be a little harder for me to get to get more than two ninety nine out of me. Yeah. So right. that's even 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 when the game's free, like I don't want to give you even any of my Google Play credits. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, that's going to be it then for us, guys. We will catch you next week uh, when we're going to talk about something that has to do with video games. And uh, be sure to check us out at heroespodcasts.com. And uh, we're on iTunes. You can drop us a review. And I'll tell you what, we don't have any reviews right now. So go and drop us a review. First person to review us is going to get some free game from Steam. I'm going to tell you that. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't decided uh, but the first person who drops us a review that isn't one of the hosts of this podcast, God damn um, it! <laughs> I had to throw that. We'll get a free game off Steam. All right, so I I promise you that. So Hillary, go out there, drop us a review. Review this, Hillary. 
I'm just kidding. I was no, pretending to call my wife. Count. <laughs> Significant others of podcast hosts don't count either. Hey, um, and I'll tell you what, if you've got Android, you know, if you're willing to leave the, the first review, I'm sorry, if you got iPhone, I'm willing to pay the 99 cents so that you can play this goblin sword that I'm playing because it's ooh. freaking amazing. <laughs> Dude, you had me a goblin and sword together. I was like, yeah, right? immediately. Yeah. All right, guys. So check us out. Drop us a review. Uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.